What's up, ladies and germs? James H. Kennedy here, coming to you from HQ. I need you to like, subscribe, comment. The comments are incredible. In about 2012, I was at Comic-Con. These two people approached me, and they were very nice, and they said, hey, have you ever thought about going to a comic convention and signing? And I said, what's that? They said, oh, well, people will go and, you know, it's like trading cards and, you know, people from horror movies and different things and you go. Now, I've talked about this probably on other pods. The the first time I ever heard about Comic-Con was like 98. James Gunn, he lived in my back house. He gave me a comic book and he said, you in the comics? And I said, not really. And he said, here, read this. And it was called The Watchmen. And he goes, that'll be your introduction. And... I was never so glued to a book. Like I watched that. I read that shit in the morning. I read it at night. I was completely engrossed. But I remember James Gunn would drive down or take the train down when Comic-Con was comic books. I'm going to do a whole pod about him. But so he was like a real comic guy. That's like a And I didn't even know what it was. And then I think like 02, I think they showed footage from Spider-Man there and the place, you know, Hall H. And it was a whole new. And then the studios are like, Boom. And then Comic-Con became a thing. But I heard of it early when literally dudes were trading comics, you know? So that's what it was. It was like, you know, vacuum convention or fucking AAA convention, whatever, all these conventions, right? So I started getting sent down there in 08 because I was on the Ghost Whisperer. There were three shows. I remember the summer of 08. I was there for the Ghost Whisperer, so we had our own panel. I was on Cleveland show, and Seth had a panel for that. And then I was on a Nickelodeon show called Fanboy and Chum Chum, and we had a signing for that. So we had a, a signing in the morning, a panel on, and then like, uh, you know, some press and stuff, and then a panel for Cleveland on the Saturday in Hall H. And then I think we had a Hall H panel for Ghost Whisper on Sunday and another signing. So I was always, I was, when I started going down there, I was down there for three different types of you know, stuff. And I was still like, I'm not in a Marvel movie. I want to be in a Marvel movie. But it was really, I was really awesome. Like I got first class everything, right? It was fucking awesome. So anyway, these people approached me. They were very nice. I went to my first con. I think it was Blood at the Beach. They gave me a nice guarantee. Like what I would make at a comedy club if I did well. Maybe a, a teeny bit more. And I was sat in like a Marriott like conference room with like, I remember it was... uh Serena Vincent, she was in not another teen movie, um, and Cabin Fever, Eli Ross early movie, and then it was I think it was Gemma from I Spit on Your Grave too, and that was like my first con, and there was a lot of other people, but those are the two I remember because they're really nice to me, and we would see each other, we would sign, and, you know, laugh and stuff, and uh, I think we hit that. We had to go to a party. So these conventions, you know, you go, there's all the signings during the day and then there's events at night and you go to like the scary or the, you know, the serial killer mixer or, you know, all these different things. And I bought my, my first con shirt. It was a big pumpkin with Michael Myers face on it. And, and we had to do these approaches or you go through their haunted houses and stuff. These appearances, not these approaches. And, uh, you know, we had a little wine and we're laughing at this party and stuff. And it was great. And, you know, I had a guarantee, and uh, I believe I kind of made it right around it, but I didn't make any more. But it was nice, you know, and it was like, oh, this is an interesting thing. Like, I can do this, 
when I'm not like doing comedy and stuff, right? So I did different ones. I did that one in Germany and I did, you know, the different horror hounds and then I did, you know, different ones. And then I did Wizard World and I, I did a good amount, right? And then I got disenfranchised. So at this time, these conventions were, it, it was a, you know, I always said sometimes you feel like a piece of fried fish and you're under the lights. So I have, I could do many pods of this. So if this does well, I'll tell you more. But like, you feel like a piece of like fish, right? Because you're literally sitting there. It's like people are there. They get cool masks, cool memorabilia, all very rare comics. You know, it's like young directors, like, like James before he made it. Young writers, collectors, uh, families, tattoo people, wrestling people, some people, freaky piercings, all types of stuff, right? But it's usually a good vibe. You know, it's intense, though. You definitely get some people that don't. There's people that are chill, and there's people that might not understand what a bar of soap is. And that's okay. That's okay. You don't have to do that. You know, just, you know, do a little spray. And But they're wonderful. They're super fans. They're wonderful people. And you're usually at, like, the Radisson or something like that, right? So I'm sitting there, and I'm doing that, and then I had done enough, and, and it was different. Like, in Hollywood, like, when you're in a movie... Your car's arranged, your hotel's arranged, you don't have to do anything. They're going to say, okay, you're going to go promote this movie, you're going to go for a week in Australia, you're going to do all this press, you're staying at the Four Seasons, boom, 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 here's your per diem for a day. They pick you, you have to do it, all you do is show up. People will give, give you clothes, they dress you, they make up you, they burp you, you're done. When you do comedy, you have to arrange your own travel, which is fucking annoying, and then, but you get a buyout, and then... You got to do all the press, but it's getting better because you can do more online. You got to do radio and morning TV and all that stuff. And you don't have anybody handling you. Okay. So when you do these events, you don't have really any handlers except the people that are there. And, but what is, is, is that you have really nice volunteers who, you know, usually work for tips. They're so nice and they're usually really fans of the genres and stuff, but like agents will never let you pick up a bill. Right, that's how a rep should be—a manager and agency student. So, I was working with people, and they were nice. But you know, I just started getting disenfranchised. I, I started good, and then I think I went to too many cons, and I felt like, like I said, like a McRib. And then you know, I would drink at night and wake up. I'd show my table a little late, and there was no lines. And people would come up to me and be like, I don't have any money, but can I just ask you, what, what was it like when you did that scene? And you're like doing a seminar for free and you're like, oh, fuck. And then other people are like taking pictures of you go, look at Jamie McRib. Like people would post shit online and it was fucking, you know, I was like getting disfranchised, right? Um, I'm like, I don't, it's, it's, it hurts, you know, it hurts your ego. And you're like, if you're successful, do you have to do it? So I called it, it was the boulevard of broken dreams, you know? But it wasn't because there were there was people that were still working. Like I was working, but I wasn't working in top tier movies at that time. But I was doing stuff, you know. But you had people that were still working, you know. Uh, and you had great people like Rob Zombie would go and different people. But it was few and far between. Like I'm known, but I wasn't like in a hot thing at the moment. You know, like I was doing Tremors, which was great. But it was considered like straight to streaming and stuff, which was great. But, you know, how Hollywood is. So you you go, and like I remember, I'll never forget, I'm not going to name this fucking person, but I did radio one time, and I was promoting 
was doing a big ass radio show and it was a great comedian there who I love. And then there was another comedian there who I am not really fond of. And one person was promoting their, their stand up show, which I usually did on this radio station. And I was promoting my weekend at this. And, uh, the comedian that was on the show was awesome. He was friendly with him. And they said, Hey, so-and-so, how come you don't do these cons? And he goes, cause I have a career. Because I have a career. I'll never forget it. And one day I'll name the person. I'm not doing the impression because I don't want to put it out there. But I thought, well, and I said, well, yeah. I have, and I think I said something like, I have a career, but and, and with a little extra, a little extra on top, right? So this was a person that was in our business, is in our business, that basically shit on these cons. And that's what people did, right? So when I went, I was early, like I am. And I was doing good for a while. Then they... The guarantee started getting less and less, which is okay. And I started, I always would make them. But then there was this one weekend, I I didn't make much. And my agents, like I said, agents should take you out. I started taking them out and I would pick up the tab. Now, I don't think it's bad for us to pick up the tab when we're all winning. But if you bring me, like, pick up a tab once in a while. These guys never picked up a fucking tab. And then these guys would go with other guys that were on shows that were hotter that they repped. And they were more excited about them. And I was like, okay. And each time they would kick me down to lesser people, meaning that they were the owners of the company. And then I got their, I got their top one help. And then I got the top two help. And I got like top three. So, but the con started changing. You know, like I said, with, you know, if you saw my video with my agent, Sean, how Norman and walking dead changed the game. And what makes me feel good is there was a time that he was a piece of fried fish that I was informed, which made me feel better. Because when I started doing the cons, there was this thing happening with this guy and this show, Sean Patrick Flannery and him from Boonzock Saints. And then this show, The Walking Dead, started gaining momentum. And I remember when I was like at one of these shows in like early 2012, and I remember walking down the hall and I couldn't get it because there was a little fucking conference room and there was just people just all against the wall. And we were trying to get to my room where my signing was. And I'm like, why are all these people here like this? And I'm like, they're like, Walking Dead. That's their room. And I'm like, but that room is all the way down there. And they're like, yeah, this this is the overflow line. And that was the first time I saw like, whoa, the power of what this is, right? But it was still early. So like I said, so then I then I kind of started getting my own a couple times and uh, then ended up, um, I, I contacted Wizard World. This woman contacted them and they gave me a, a nice little guarantee. And they said, come to New Orleans. It's New Orleans. So I thought, okay. And they fucking set it up beautifully and tons of stuff for my lines and all the stuff and a big, beautiful picture. And I did okay. I didn't do terrible, but it wasn't like one of my top weekends, but it wasn't bad. But the treatment was amazing. And Wizard World, I guess, was going to be like this huge corporation that was going to like, you know, Walmart the cons and make them clean and well lit and all this stuff. Uh and it was, you know, I had the person taking the picture and I didn't really have all my, I didn't really have any solos or anything, but it was like, come up, take a picture, blah, blah, blah. And then like, if they wanted a selfie, we would just do it or whatever or something like that. But it was clean and it was organized and it was nice and people were cool. And this woman got me a couple of them and we went over to London and we did that. And they said, you know, Wizard World, I want to say it's 2016. I So four years in, I saw... A huge line in the back of this auditorium. I did like Nashville Hell at the Moon or something like that. I don't know. I did a different one. What's going on? And they go, uh, Jeremy Renner's here from, uh, from the Avengers. I was like, really? And it was 
setup where he was behind curtain, boom, signing. You couldn't see him. Big ass line, very organized. And then I saw other Avengers there. And the number that I heard was pretty insane. And I was already hearing that Norman's numbers were, which was crazy. Norman's numbers, I believe, were bigger than Marvel, if you can believe that. But I do believe it. So anyway, I said, oh, shit, this shit just flipped. Like, this isn't like back room anymore. This is like fucking organized. This is like fucking fans. This isn't somebody coming up to you at the airport with a fucking a Scream 2 sticker and you're like, sign it and they'll flip it for 50 bucks on eBay. This is like becoming a legitimate business. And agents tried to get in and managers and all this stuff, but they don't know how to do it because the people that can run the business are you guys. The super fan of it who started as a fucking volunteer getting fucking Jamie Kennedy a cup of coffee or the guy, the third body from, you know, I spit on your grave too. And they're nice to you. You're nice to them. And they boom. And then they trust you. And then that's how you get in this business, right? These are like you volunteer just to get. And I'm telling you, it's the best way to do it. You get next to a star, celebrity, whatever their heat is. There's somebody that somebody wants something from, right? And then I, I and then what happened was I felt like um, I just started getting disenfranchised. These, my agents, my old agents, I was like, boom, I was like fried fish and. I had gone to too many different cons and it didn't really work. And, and I was like, I'm going to take a break. And I turned down cons and stuff like that. And then I heard Wizard World. I think something happened to them and they disbanded or something. And then I didn't do them for like two or three years. And I was okay with it. And I was doing comedy and I was like, okay, whatever. And um, because I just could sit there and some days I would, I would never have more than like six people deep. And if it was, they would be done. Then you sit there like this. And you're like, that's Jamie Kennedy. And they're like, it's B-Rad. Shit. And they were like, he's got no line. Let's talk to him. And then like, there's nobody to keep the animals. You know, I'm the zoo. I'm a fucking sloth at the zoo. And people are like, so when you're like hanging from a tree, dude, like as a sloth, like what happened? Like, so, cause there's no demand, right? So it's marketplace. There's no fur fever, right? So then I get a call one day and you know, it's the fucking God of these these cons, you know, the guy that I used to see running around who looks like fucking, you know, ska punk rocker, Sean, who I would always see with Norman. Norman would walk into these Marriott's. He took us out of the Marriott's and put us in convention centers. It's really because of fucking Norman Reedus. And he would walk in like Jesus Christ, like a God. Not that he did anything, but his presence was that of God. And it was like, people were like, ah, it's fucking terror. And this guy always running around fucking he had the same hair as Avril Lavigne's first boyfriend. I forget that dude. Anyway, that's his agent. And I would always see this guy. I'm like, that dude's fucking connected. He's fucking smart, whatever. Long story short, one day he texts me out of the blue. He's like, Hey, you still rep by blah blah. And I'm like, nah, I'm not really doing cons. And he's like, Listen, do you want to do them? And I'm like, nah, not really. And he's like, Well, here's what I can do for you. Uh I think there's a good con for you. And I'm working with, you know, the rest of the Scream cast. Do you think you want to come to this con? I think it'll be worth your while. I was like, dude, I don't fucking know. And I don't want to fucking do this. And he's like, just think about it. I had heard that the other guys, I was before all the Screamers. And I had heard that, you know, I people, I heard that Skeet started doing them a couple years. Like right when I started leave, I heard he started doing them. And then I heard Matt or Matthew started doing them. I think he got Skeet into them. And then... I can't believe it. They got Nev. Once Nev went, I was like, oh my God, Nev went, you know? So I was like, this is, this is becoming more and more. Right. So he's like, look, man. And I guess they had different reps and then 
whatever happened happened and then Sean started working with them and he's like look dude I'm gonna fucking put all you guys together here's the good news I don't fuck around I think you can make really good money he said I said okay what's the guarantee he goes there is no guarantee you get a first class flight and a hotel room and he goes but here's the better news you're gonna make money I don't fucking put my clients in things where they don't make money and he said it with such confidence and I was like okay and then the like donuts like just do it. Get over your ego. I have to give a lot of love to Alyssa because Alyssa's like, just fucking do it. Get over it. Free fucking money. But she doesn't know what I've been through because she knows me a long time, but she doesn't know all the ins and outs of my life. It's only the last couple of years, right? She's like, just fucking do it. And I'm like, all right, look, I got to bring my little fucking girlfriend. And he's like, all right, I'll get her a ticket. Boom. And we fucking go. And it's horror hounding in Indianapolis. And it's. And it was just the three of us. I don't think Skeet was there. He was still working on putting the package together. He's like, it's going to be Matt. It's going to be Nev. David's there, but I don't rep him. It's going to be you. That's going to be interesting. And long story short, I made more money than I ever made at a convention. Right? It was good. It wasn't crazy, but it was good. It wasn't crazy, but it was very healthy. It would be towards the, a, a very good weekend at a comedy club. Not an insane weekend, but a very good weekend. And then COVID hit. I did one right before COVID, and then it was basically a year and a half. He he was talking to me. He's like, you want to do virtual ones? I was like, okay, if they want to do it. And I heard, like, people were going to booths and putting up the fucking glass, and they were doing limited signings and all this stuff. The most person I would see throughout this process, actually, before all this, was David. David, I would see at these cons before everybody else. And he ended up being with the same people I was. And he would go, and I did a few small panels with him, and... His, but it wasn't like the screen guys. It was like I was here and David was like somewhere over there in between like, you know, Sid Haig and, and you know, uh, Kane Hodder. And we were just mixed in. It wasn't like a scream thing. And uh, I did a show one time, a comedy show. I had enough time. That's how crazy it wasn't that I could sign in a day and do two comedy shows at night, which would be hard to do. And I would see David once in a blue moon or like around like at a comedy club or something. Matthew, I didn't see for a long time. I remember when Kicking It Old School came out, I saw him, and we were, there was charity basketball games, and I saw him there, and we were talking. He was playing in the same, like, Nike had, like, a league for a summer, and we played in that. I'd see him sometimes. Skeet, I didn't see forever. I remember I saw him, I think, at Balthazar Gaddy's 30th birthday party. That's how long ago it was. I saw him, and we were talking. I think that was at, at Chateau at Suite 69, the best suite. And then Nev, actually, I would see the most. Because I saw her at the Scream 4 premiere, and then I saw her, she'd seen me do stand-up, and then she was working with someone else that's a stand-up, her boyfriend was a big writer, and then Nev was, so Nev saw me do stand-up like three different times. Like, I would be there, and she'd be like, oh, I'm going to work so-and-so, and I was like, she's like, I'm going to watch your set tonight. Like, so I would see her, you know, and we were always supposed to hang out, but then she lived in Brooklyn and all that stuff. So I didn't really see everybody, but Nev, actually, I did see a few times. But, you know, people go on their lives, they're doing different things. I never saw Drew... I never really saw Courtney. Courtney, in the, during the Scream years, I used to see her because she used to be both supportive. And she'd come to movie premieres. Like, I remember she came to like a movie premiere I did just to support me. I was really sweet to her. Like, she's that type of person to lend her credibility. That's a lot of backstory. So what is it leading up to? So my agent calls me and he says, look, I'm going to start doing these. And I got you, Nev, Skeet, and Matthew. And my agent's like, look think about it going and he's like listen you got to do these and i was like do i want to go well i just had covid it was in fucking january he's like look he's like 
there's going to be a horror hound in Cincinnati and you four are going to be there. And I'm like, okay. So he's like, you're in. And I'm like, I'm in. I think you're going to do pretty good. No guarantee, but the hotel and the flight and all that. He's like, Alyssa can work your table. I was like, okay. And remember, well, that's what I'm saying. People are selling comics. People are selling props. People are selling merch. People are selling books and scents. And, and we're like a human piece of merch. We're selling an experience, right? And it's like, do you feel, I don't know, do people want to pay? I don't feel bad, you know? Like, I don't know, like, but am I desperate? But I'm not, but it's like nice and all this shit. There's a lot of conflicting things, right? So, and I started getting asked by Paramount. I knew I, you know, I was going to get that beautiful tribute and scream and I'd done stuff and I knew I was going to have a voiceover and I know like having a voiceover, people are going to be like, it's an Easter egg, an Easter egg excite people and I knew Scream was coming out and they waited the right amount of time and then they started asking me to do press for the movie. I'm like, well, I'm really not in it. And they're like, I know, but then the box set came out. So like, can you do a day of box set? And I'm like, okay. And then I was like, I want to support it. And then they were like, will you do, you know, do some press and, and talk about the new movie? And I was like, yeah. And then they're like, can you be on Drew's show? And then Drew was like supporting it. And Courtney and Dave and Nev, like the big three are there. And I'm like, okay, I'll pop in and surprise them. And then the younger, my niece and nephew did an article and they were talking about me. So I was like, there's all this scream verse again, right? And I was like, fuck. And then, you know, I'm Kyle who runs my channels. Like, you got to do a reaction. And so we started, scream started getting really heavy. Comes out, kills, does amazing, introduces the world to new stars, reintroduces the franchise. Shows you the legacies intact, shocks everybody with the death of Dewey, and then, you know, they decide they're going to do another one. So, though, as that's all happening, you know, Skeet had told me at, at Monster Mania and, that he was in the new screen, which I was like, what? And he's Matthew's like, are you doing a thing? I'm like, I'm doing a thing, but I, you know, he's like, yeah. And he's like, I'm like, don't tell me. He's like, yeah, you're doing, I'm doing this thing. And he, I'm like, Skeet, and Skeet's like, I'm doing something too. And then he was doing something bigger. We go, and then I'm realizing that, you know, Skeet is now super hot because of Riverdale and he's in the new Scream. You know, Matthew's on Good Girls, Nev is in Scream, amongst other things, you know. You know, but all of our legacy, you know, I got the Screams and Malibu and Matt's got Scooby-Doo and, you know, 13 Ghosts with Scream and all this other stuff. Anyway, what am I trying to say is, is that we go to fucking Horror Hound and it's fucking insane. It's insane. I did the video that was like a chill version of what really happened. Like the press was there. They're taking papers. We're in the fucking front page of the entertainment section. It's low key rock star event. Like we have our own section. It's Matthew. It's Nev. It's me. It's Skeet. It's Matthew. And the ballroom was fucking jammed all weekend. It was the first time. I never had to stop in my line until the end of the day. The Saturday, which is the the longer day, I actually went out to dinner that night. I never met. And Nev was just looking at me going, look how tired you are. I'm like, I know. And she's like, you had, I'm like, I, I had a little, I had a day. Like, not like, like my best day was one of her okay days. And she's like, yeah. She's like, it's intense, right? And I'm like, yeah. So something happened where we jumped the shark. And so... The lines were crazy. Matthew's always got this insane amount of people in his line. And and Nev has a humongous amount of people as well. And Skeet has a very big, big, big thing. And they're always and there's me. Now I'm always, you know, the caboose, you know? I, I'm like 
this is getting so it was at the end of the weekend it was insane i made fucking more money than i've ever made at one of these things there was, every experience was positive i never got grumpy no one was mean to me I didn't feel like a fried fish because I kept getting fucking restocked and restocked and restocked and restocked and donuts like Jamba. Like every time we'd make money, say, oh my. And then the photo ops are intense. Like I remember seeing Norman at a photo op and he would be there and it would just be fucking nuts. And our photo op was pretty fucking busy, right? I'm like, this is, this is wild, right? And so my agent's like, look, you got Texas in about a month. And then we get to Texas and it's insane. And... People, VIPs, when they let the VIPs in at 10, like I'm there at 9.50. I'm never there early. You know, we're all there. Skeet's there at like 9.50. Matthew's there at like 9.50. We're all there. And the VIP, it's already where our our queue is already full. So imagine it's like you have like this little queue of like, like this where people line up. So that's full when it's just VIP. Then at 10.30, there's another ticket. And then at 11, it's the fucking salmon show where they let all the salmon up the stream, right? So... By, I'm busy and I don't get a break. By 11, it's like, and this place is jammed, right? Now, in Horror Hound, we went and signed. Usually, Sundays are slow and we sign till like 7 o'clock, which is like two hours over. And that's pretty crazy on a Sunday. Our things are lined up here. Then there's like something for fire code where there's open. And then there's all the next tier where it's all back lines for that. I mean, I mean, people were waiting, you know, seven hours for Matt, seven hours for Ski. Somebody told me they waited two hours for me. And Nev, somebody said they waited like 11 hours. Robert England, they were camping overnight. Like, it was insane. Insane. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And it was just, they run. They run to the tables. They scream. <laughs> now I'm like, this is full on rock star shit. Something is happening, right? And I think we all complement each other nicely, right? We all have different experiences that you have, you know, of what it is that you want. And it's, in, it's, I'm trying to get it all out. It's fucking, we, I, there was, they had to cap lines, which means you got to stop people from waiting because it's going to be too long. And, and I'm like, I'd be like, no cat, like let people. And the, then we would do our photo shoots and it's just the fucking lines were down the fucking block. I'm going to do a video about it. I'm like, what is going on? And Matthew's going through the crowd and people are screaming, high fiving and then ski people. Ah, and then they're like, oh, they're crying. And then me like, yeah, it's like, we're on, we're all, you know, I just want to let people know, like who are there. Like you, we're, we're playing cool, but we're not, we're I'm in sh I'm fucking amazed. I'm humbled by this. This is so beautiful. I think people have consumed all the screams. I think the internet has blown up so much of fan culture with gifs and memes and you know TikTok and scenes and shortness and streaming and Tubi and fucking Pluto and reruns and Hulu's and 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 then snaps and reruns and memes and and sneakers and wild things and Etsy and people are doing these shirts with, 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 with it says call me and skeets a button like eating his blood like and they like put them on a like, all different types of stuff and call me it's ghost face and it's like no you hang up you hang up and they're like these shirts and they're embraced and they're in pink and and blue and those ghost face is becoming this fucking insane like he's like the side of a building pop lexicon forever like big bigger than anything 
bigger than anything. Scream is becoming bigger. It's the biggest thing I've ever done. It's coming bigger than any horror movie. You tell me if I'm wrong. And it's going to become bigger as it goes than each movie. I said this before. It's a lifestyle. It's a movement. It's fucking... It, it's it is leaving its mark, redoing its mark. It's, it's interactive. It's meta. People want to be it. And it's crazy. And I feel it. And we all feel it. But what's beautiful is... It shows you the biggest disconnect between the fan and Hollywood. But it also shows you, it makes me feel so loved and so appreciated of other things that I don't get in my life. And even someone like Alyssa, like her generation, she's 31. She's like, I watched all the movies. And then like there's high schoolers who are now watching this movie and college kids. And they're they're the original people who watched it. And then there's people that are like 10 years younger than them who watched it. And then there's like new high schools and there's like middle schoolers who are now watching it and like freaking out. And that's what I'm saying. It's like they're so far removed. They try to normal Hollywood agencies try to get involved in this business. They can't do it because it's run by the fans. It's literally final girl type shit. You know, it's for the fans it's like the last scream fucking act this is for the fans. It's a fan film like this is a fan thing. And you have to be in it to understand it. And it's like low-key juggalo. Like, you got to gain their respect. But once you walk through that fire, it's fucking, fucking blazing, dude. It's amazing. And this is what I love. And I think that this power that's coming with us that I'm a part of, I'm feeling, it's like, let's keep going. Let's take down traditional Hollywood. Let's not deal with them because I'm sick of their their safety nets and they're not they're discarding great talent people like they don't understand what's hot they think they dictate what's hot but they don't anymore you guys do and you doing it and you're taking older properties and making them as relevant as they've ever been romeo and juliet which which again is a timeless film like scream i sell people love my pictures from that and pink shirts and stuff they come up to me and i signed samson and i had a, a, a wonderful part but it wasn't as big as randy and they love it they're consuming that. People come up to me and say, I'm an English teacher. I show Romeo and Juliet. So people want what they want and they want it now and they can get it now and they want what's good. And it doesn't matter if it came out fucking three days ago. It's think about this. Think about the stars you love. Do you love them or are you fed them? This is what I want to say. And my final thought about this. There are people right now that are fucking hot, but are they good? Are they a part of something good? What's their legacy? Are they overpaid? Are they memorable? Are they quotable? Do they have quotes? I can tell you I can quote fucking Asta La Vista all day. I can tell you Leo's got a meme from almost every movie. You guys decide what's hot. Not Hollywood. And it's fucking beautiful. They don't get it. And there's a lot of people that are fucking supposed to be hot. Where's their quotes? Where's their quotes? Where's their memes? Where's their merch? Where's their stickers? You guys do it. And I appreciate you. This is incredible. Something is going on, and I'm fucking thanking you. God bless you. Like, subscribe, spread the word, do what you love. Thank you.